quiet person in history. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you heard Maya. She is the most quiet person in history. Um, Which is super, super useful when we're having a podcast. Uh, This is the first, let me repeat, first separately recorded intro in Why Araya History. Episode four. Um, wow, I can't believe we only have four episodes. I figured we'd have like eight by now. <laughs> We're slow. We're slow. It's, um, school's hard. But what we talk about in this podcast is, uh, how we, we really hit the gambit. But we talk about, we go really deep into foreign policy, uh, I get depressed with the world and the way things look and the way it's turning out there's um what can i say the world's fucked it's fucked man it's all fucked <laughs> there's a video of uh this um documentary about africa and there's this one guy in the documentary and he's like this the reporter asked him he's like so what do you think about africa and the state of it and he's like it's fucked it's all fucked and it's so dark and depressing because this guy lives there. He's not going home. This is his home. Can you imagine if you walked at home, like walked into your house and like half of it was on fire and the other half was caught up in a genocide? <laughs> That's what Africa is like for people who live there. Have you ever seen the movie Mother? No. Super, like, one, I really liked it. Really confusing movie, though, because, but it's all about uh, Mother Earth and God. Uh-huh. And their relationship and how God ruins Mother Earth and how her baby, like, he steals and kills her baby, and but they're in love. It's, like, a super, like, dark, weird movie because you don't get it until, like, the end, and then it makes sense as mm. to that's what the whole metaphor of the entire movie is. Interesting. Yeah. Weird. It sounds kind of cool. It is. We should watch it. Wow. Domestic abuse. Some celestial beings. Yeah, the, the celestial. Who, who, who do you call when that's happening? Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Um, but yeah, and then we start talking about our Patreon later in the podcast, uh, which is a very cool announcement. Um, now, if you like our podcast and. Uh, you can you can go fund us, and we would really appreciate it. We go more in detail in the podcast, so stay tuned for that. We also talk about future plans and uh, a bunch of a bunch of fun shit. And I hope you guys really enjoy it. I think um, I think it'll be great. So please enjoy episode four. Fuck the world and future plans. Thank you for listening. Love ya. Enjoy. Bye. Far. I don't think... Um, I, if you can't have a political opinion and speak your mind about it, then what's the point of freedom of speech? I suppose. I feel like when, you, when we have to start worrying about employers and people... Um, can you shut the window? We have to start worrying about employers and and uh, schools and just even 
specific opportunities for uh, furthering your career or whatever you're doing based on your political affiliations unless you're running for like an office position i don't think you should be subject to to those types of scrutinies but it's so clear like we always talk about all these guidelines and we have all we have all these guidelines and shit in our fucking um hiring statements and and they're like, well, we won't, we don't discriminate based on race, sex, gender, and we don't care about your political affiliation, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, bullshit. Bullshit, you don't. Google just got in trouble for fucking hiring less um, Asians and white men by sending out a memo saying we can't have any more because we need to be more diverse. Wow. Which, like, it's one thing if you have a group of people that are all equally certified, like qualified for that job and you pick from that pool. Mm-hmm. I think you should pick from that pool at random, you know? Yeah. And I don't think you should discriminate at all. But when it comes down to the choice between like a black man and an Asian man, and they're both equally qualified, like I can understand picking the black man or doing like a fucking flipping the coin. Mm-hmm. But, but is that not choosing based on like race and yeah. or gender? I don't know. Those things, it it irritates me because as much as we like to praise our ability to have freedom of speech, and I know it comes at a cost. I know all freedom of speech. Like when you decide to speak your mind, you are subjecting yourself to the opinions of others and the responses that they'll have to you. Mm -hmm. But at some point, it's like, it's, it's like how, how, true is that freedom and i know the u.s is the best place to have this like we definitely have like an amazing ability to just speak our minds more so than any other country i mean look at europe that guy who just got in trouble for making his dog a nazi which was the funniest fucking thing so funny (laughs) and now he's literally going i don't think he uh, i think he got a fine he got a fine yeah. I think enough people got mad. You're like, you can't but send him he, to prison. I mean, he started a GoFundMe. He made all that money back plus restitution for Good. his legal fees. People really supported him after the fact. I think that's great. I mean, I think it's so gross that we... Another thing that bothers me about the political situation is you see those very transparent moments that are highlighted in cases like this when you just... The people are so out of touch with what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. When that guy made that decision where he's like, I don't think that this is funny. And it's like, it's not your opinion. Right. Just because you're like the chief justice and you're deciding the case, you're supposed to be objectively decide the case. And I, it's so... It's disheartening to see a bunch of people that are so old and so out of touch with reality taking these positions. And a lot of it's just for fucking money. They don't give a fuck about people. And and what's also disheartening is, or equally disheartening, is the lack of concern the general populace has that these people get elected. I really wish that the entire voting system will change. 
I feel like we need to rearrange the way we think about how we elect our officials and how to do it in a proper way. And I think we need to really rethink the way we design our laws and um, how long they can last. I feel like it's so easy, especially with how busy the average American is and how out of touch the average American is because they're typically consumed by, you know, working their nine to five and taking care of their family. And then the only leisure they have during the day is to like watch some stupid reality show at the end of the day before they go to bed that just rots their brain. But it's the only thing that they can even think about because you don't need to think while you're watching it because you're too tired from working all day. And they're too busy worrying about bills and all the stress and it helps suppress the stress so you don't have to think about it. There's it's such a weird system we live in. We live in a place that It's sad. It's just sad. It's sad to think that America, with probably the greatest potential out of any other country, given our liberties, can't can't, you know, make things better and right. Like we we have this ability to actually do good for the world. And I think if anything, the fact that America can do so much good for the world and doesn't deliver at at, at the rate at which I believe it could, and I believe everyone thinks it could. When, when, we, when you look at the budgets and you can see that if we just cut military spending by less than like fucking 1%, you can feed the homeless population for a fucking year. You can feed everybody in the US for a year. 1% cut. And and I think um that's why I want to do some of the stuff I want to do. That's why I want to I think there's just I think the crux of a productive society rests on three things, and it's business, research, and education. And I think that's the most, I think those are the fastest changing things that have the biggest impact. The things that are the most susceptible to being influenced and changed radically in directions that are positive and productive. And... They they have such an insanely uh, dispersed impact on the world. And if we can alter those things to make them, and incrementally, by slowly just making things a little bit better, you know, you can start to just reform the way schools work. Make kids interested in learning and love it, enjoy it, being creative. And then we can... 
get those kids into research positions. We can open up whole new branches of study that don't exist and that, that totally should. And then they can move into making their own businesses and then you can have these cyclical business cycles that instead of competing with each other constantly in an unhealthy, in a parasitic, destructive way, you can have these cyclical business cycles that have been proven in group, like in, in certain practices and design practices to work in economic practices. It it shows that they the the amount of money that they gain from working with others is exponentially increased. And when we stop worrying about stock market values and more about a a unified goal of just making people you know, healthier, which there's a lot of um, ecological arguments that business can't do that because the people who are the best at making businesses, the psychological profiles of them and the way that the laws are written currently, you can't, you'd have to justify that having a healthy society, you have to give a, a an undeniable, like, monetary value to every individual which would show that it's profitable to do things like that and um to me i think it's self-evident that if you i mean kirkgaard this youtube channel has like a great uh video that shows about what happens if we just help everyone become wealthier. It just is a perpetual cycle of wealth. It's a positive feedback loop. And so the more educated and the more um interested people are in doing research, the less uh the less um Lost your thought? Yeah. The more educated people are and the less... Uh, the less problems uh, developing countries have. The more we develop the smaller countries that are underdeveloped, the better the impact is on the entire world economy. But I think there's a fundamental problem with control. That... that and I think the only solution to fix that fundamental like control problem which I guess I should define what that is, is this necessity for not just the U.S., but other countries to take up territory in... We were just talking about this, Maya. We were just talking about how the U.S. will essentially have has this like game plan where they put a person in a position of power in an already seemingly unstable country, uh, and they do it through the guise that these people are electing them themselves, and then they create a lot of propaganda and the person gets elected. We did it with Saddam Hussein. We put him in power. And then we wait for that person because we, we know they're gonna, not going to run the country well. We wait for them to you know, take their course, uh, make the country destabilized in, in, in a multitude of ways. And then we take them out through military effort and we create a power vacuum. And then this power vacuum is what really destabilizes the country. And then we can move in and assert our dominance and our control in that country. And we don't fucking leave. We don't leave until we've either um, 
you know, excerpt all the resources that we need, or we've moved to a new territory that is providing a greater amount of wealth to us. And we just slowly keep pushing towards oil. We slowly keep pushing towards all these minerals. Like, we look at Africa. Everyone's so concerned about our policies in, in the Middle East. And we completely neglect how fucked we fucked Africa. We put so many people... Um, I guess I should fact check this. But from what I've heard, I'm not going to say that this is factually accurate. But we've put... Uh, people in power, the heads of militias that are killing children, they're running around and they're aligning themselves and we fund them still, we give them money, we give them weapons they have American weapons they have American vehicles they have these things that are clearly fundings from America that they're getting in some fashion when, when they shouldn't be, especially since these were people that we've put in power and then they're aligning themselves with genocidal uh uh, factions and then we have things like Darfur where we just completely turn a blind eye to one of the biggest genocides concurrently happening in, a, in, in, in world history you know and and that's just one I would look up how many genocides are happening right now like what's the genocide toll like record concurrently I don't know if you can find it I'm sure there's statistics on it And, like, that's where the education system fails us, too, is we never teach our kids enough about the current situation, so they're just so uninformed about what's really happening. And that's for political reasons, because people get mad. Like, how did you teach my kid that this is the thing? And it's like, well, it's facts, so you can't... It's what's happening in the world, but okay. You know? And But we turn a blind eye to all these... Yeah, it's mainly countries in the Middle East. There's a lot going on. In the Middle East? What about Africa? I think Darfur is the really big one. Well, I mean, a lot of things, like, say Africa and the Middle East kind of blend together. Um, so, there's this website, actually, is cool because it says Genocide Emergency, Genocide Warning, and Genocide Watch. So, you can tell if it's actually ongoing or if it's about to happen. So, what's the... How many are on genocide emergency? Um, oh, well, ex- oh extermination. God. There's like a map. It has like on a color scale. Uh, oh, Africa's fucked. Red's bad, right? Oh yeah, it's extermination. I just told you that. Okay, I if you got you guys can't see what website is this, so they can look at it for themselves. Genocidewatch.net? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a .net. I don't know if it's totally... I mean, Anyways. They, they got... I could do more. If you scroll back to, down... But, like, I like it because... It's kind of silly because 10 is denial. And uh, the United States... Is in denial. Is in denial. <laughs> so, it, what this map is showing... Just for some perspective, if you've never seen how big... Af- this map isn't that accurate to how big Africa is. But Africa is so big... That you can fit all of Europe and the entire U.S. and I think parts of Russia, in and I mean parts of parts of like Central Asia into Africa. That's how big Africa is. There's a if you can pull it up in a different tab, um, how big Africa is compared to the rest of the world. There's this like cool little map that shows you how many countries you can fit into Africa. 
And it, it's mind-blowing. Because when you see the entire U.S. only fits into the top half of Africa, you just realize how fucking massive it is. And then, what's, what's crazy is when I'm looking at this map that says extermination, the red zones, it's half of Africa. Half of Africa is red. And when have you, when's the last time you heard about a genocide in Africa on the news? Um, never. I've never, I've heard about Darfur maybe once when I was like a kid. Well, I mean, you know most of the names on here. Syria, Sudan, Iraq, Somalia, Central African Republic. But they never phrased it like genocide. They phrased it as like terrorist groups. Boko Haram. Boko Haram. In Nigeria. I mean, there's there's a lot. These are giants. It makes sense. Those are all the ones that are actually ongoing genocide. Just for a quick research, look up a map of... Um, Africa's oil hotbeds and let's see how much of those oil and how much of the resources are exactly where these genocides are Okay. because <laughs> I guarantee you it's all in the same places or reserves you think that's probably good I don't know if it's reserves I would just say like this is a map uh-huh. see, stop don't move let me look I am the fact checker here I know but I want to look at the map I will show you the map when I find a good one. Okay. This, it's, this is exactly my point. Let me look at the maps. Um, but this is why it's, it's stunning to me with the resources that if, if, I mean, look at what Dubai is doing. Dubai is spending billions on just a one building. I mean, I would say it's somewhat correlatory. And not all the red regions are mass producers of oil. Actually, some of them don't even produce oil. But not just oil. What about other minerals? We have a lot of iPhone mines there and you shit. You told me. Actually, that's in 2009. It's not a very good map. It looks good. But it's not very I know that our her whole oil thing is moving towards uh, um, Syria is in Africa. Not no, Syria. this is the Middle East, right? Yeah. Uh, other ones. I know that like our whole interest in Syria right now, people think it's like oh, it's these human atrocities. It's like no, have you seen how much oil Syria makes? They Syria itself controls the fucking oil market. They can dictate the price because of how much reserve they have and it's it's one of these things where people don't like to look at it and or if people do like to look at it they like to look at it in this like really conspiratorial way where they start talking about fucking aliens and lizard people and discredits the whole thing but if you look at like the real just correlative trends it's so blatantly obvious it's disgusting we talk about I don't know it's just gross and like I was going to say we have if the US Europe Canada China if 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 any of these countries could just have a fucking heart 
and think and just cooperate and say, hey, let's try to build these places up. And I get that there's a lot of tension between like whose government gets to be involved. It's like, no, let their people do it. Just give them the resources to do it. Mm-hmm. But we've created so much instability that I don't even think we can do that anymore. Like we have to wait for generations to die off. Generations of 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 minds that are corrupted by these wars and, and these policies. Like it's a virus. It's a mental virus we've created through through our fucking foreign policies. And it's, I don't know, it's so sad. But that's why, you know, I think the best place to start is not with policy. I think policy is, 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 uh, is a far shot, you know. I think we start with education and making sure that the way we educate our kids and our youth and our next generation is done in a way where they are enthusiastic about learning and there's so many studies that show that it's not hard to be happy about learning it's just the way we've created the paradigms in the u.s in our school systems are just blatantly wrong they're all like we talked about in the last podcast is these school systems were aligned with trying to you know um, make people good workers, you know, for factory jobs, and that's probably like one of the biggest deficits we have right now. And we have all these uneducated people that are just so uninterested in learning and expanding their education. And I, I was in my neuroscience class, and my professor was talking about how you can be fear conditioned. For math, you can be, you can be literally afraid to learn a new formula. The same way a rat is afraid to press the wrong lever because it will get shocked. Mm-hmm. And in case you don't know anything about fear conditioning, it's one of the hardest things to. There's this process called extinction where you basically get rid of the fear. It's one of the hardest things to get rid of. And it never actually completely goes back to a baseline. Unless you're a rare individual where there's some cases with people who are just extra resilient to fear. and they, But they have a different response. They usually are scared for a very short period of time and then immediately return to baseline and over time go below that baseline. They become more calm. And that's that's a very unusual reaction, but um, for the most part, people can't can't do that. People can't go back to those that that level. And when you have education, you have teachers yelling at you, and you and they're like, "You're never gonna pass. You're never gonna be anything." And it's like it's not even set up for me to be anything. So what are you talking about? Like if you wanted me to be something, if you wanted me to do something right. And good for the world, you wouldn't be making me go to school. You'd be, you'd be fostering my creativity. You'd be trying to help me find out what it is that I enjoy, what it is that I like doing, what it is that I easily put my effort into. 
And then you would help me find a way to make that benefit society and not just myself. And those are very fucking simple ideas that I can't believe people can't get into their mind. Yeah. And it's like people people hear about that and then they have this fucking survivor's bias. They're like, well, I went to school and everyone needs to suffer like me. And it, it, it's like, I think you should have to take tests. I think it should be hard. It should be... And it's like, no. Things get hard when you get to a level at which you need to exert more effort than there is probably a reward. And that's when you get really good at things. There's a level in skateboarding, and it's like the threshold right before you go pro. It's The hardest part is right before you go pro. The hardest part is getting that for a sponsorship. And then once you have that... You've succeed and then maintaining uh, you know your pro sponsorship is hard. You have to do things, and it becomes less fun because now you now it's an industry, and I think that's a whole other problem in itself is the way we monetize things, and we I I think we have a really poor way of paying people what they deserve, uh, for our entertainment because we we do it through ad revenue and not through general support by purchasing things. And as much as people love free shit, and it will never change, people are always going to just prefer free shit. It's just the way we're wired. But if there was a way to have an inconsequential amount of money being donated to these people that we could donate ourselves, and if you liked them, you could reverse the whole fucking stupid ad economy bullshit. You don't Mm -hmm. have to watch... I mean, imagine if you could support people and never have to fucking listen to another goddamn commercial. Right. That'd be nice, right? Right. But we're too fucking ignorant. <laughs> we're too ignorant to understand that idea because we have fucking little chimp brains. We're running around with little monkey brains that are all about reward circuits that we've trained poorly because our society is brainwashing us into thinking we just need shit. Advertisements are... That's a whole fucking insane thing to talk about, too. It's just how frequently and how many advertisements you see in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Is like probably more than you see your family. That's a like think the, yeah. I mean think about how much time you spend watching TV, and think about. I mean now the, you you can skip ads and people have ad blocker and people don't really watch TV anymore. But if we go back just fucking six years. Mm-hmm. You're watching TV and you you can record it and you skip past the ad I guess. But for the most part, you have to watch ads. And, and before YouTube things start, you still have to watch ads. Mm-hmm. And most YouTube videos are 13-minute clips. And most ads are about a minute or three seconds. And if you look at that percent, you're thinking, we'll just say generously that 10% of the entertainment you're intaking is ad space. Mm-hmm. And if 10% of the entertainment that you're intaking is ad space, and we say that uh, 70% percent of your time is spent doing shit like that bad at math what's what's 10 percent of 70 seven so seven percent of your time so you have 30 percent how much time do you think you spend with your family like really talking to them really sitting down and talking to them not watching tv now not often just in general, how much do you think the average person really spends? And 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 you can't. It's not. It's not considered. Like we're not watching TV together. 
we're we're doing things outside. We're doing we're going places like Disneyland, whatever, right? We're doing real things, enjoying each other's company, learning about each other, having uh, intimate conversations with each other, learning about who our fucking family members are. How many people really even do that? I feel like very few. I would say maybe I'll give you 10% of your time is really trying to learn about your family over your entire lifespan. Mm-hmm. And 7% is ads. And the rest is sleep or work. Yeah. That's fucking insane. I'd say 70% of your free time is watching shit. And 10% of that is ads. And then the other 20%, I mean 10 per- 10% is your family and the other 20% is well 7% of that 20% is uh ads. And then whatever else you do with your free time, I guess. Aside from uh, watching entertainment. That's so crazy to me. It's like that's the world we've decided to create. And it's really scary. It's really scary because we don't want to talk to each other anymore. And I think we just. Oh. Yeah, the other percent is social media. How much fucking time do people spend on that shit? Probably even more time than they spend watching things, right? Yeah. So, like, oh, we don't spend any time with our family. The more I think about it, every time I'm with my mom, like, the most I... And I'm a regular, because I, I can... I have two-hour phone calls with my mom. And that's... I don't think most people do that. And we, when we sit down, we talk for, like, about two hours. But we never used to. Like, the typical day for us was, like, she'd get home, we'd eat, we'd maybe spend 30 minutes together, and then she'd go upstairs and watch TV, and I'd sit downstairs and watch TV, and then we'd go to bed. So 30 minutes out of every day, and then maybe on, like, the weekends we'd go do something, but that max two hours... Compared to all the... And what the fuck are we doing saying, oh, we love each other so much. We're such a good family. Are you? Do you even know your family? Do you even know them? We, you can go to a tribe in fucking Papua New Guinea. Right? You can go there. They know everybody. They know everyone's tendencies. And yeah, you can say, oh, I've learned people's tendencies because you live with them after a while. But they really fucking know people. You know, and not the, not just people, but they know the land, they know their entire environment. They are able to isolate all the plants. They know what plant is what plant. It might not be what we decide is scientific or whatever, but it's what they've like been able to identify, and they can seemingly two of the same plants. They're like, no, don't eat that one, right? It's like, how can you tell the difference? It's like, well, I've been living in the jungle for my entire life. And my entire family has. And that's another interesting thing is um, there's this statistic that says uh, people are more likely to run away from society and join a tribe and, and live off the grid in that kind of way than they are too and that's giving up all your liberties all 
everything that you that we're designed in America to think is what a good life is. Now you're dirt poor. You have no money. You feed yourself. You sleep in a hut that you made. There's there's no rev. There's no money. It's all self-made. It's all literally living off the land. With no intervention. Maybe some people help you get drinking water because that's a huge problem in Africa, right? But for the most part, it's all uh, self-sufficient, self-sustained living. At max, $3 a day if you spend any money. Which I think is actually probably an overestimate. People on a high average would do. There's so many instances of people running away and living with tribes and, and different uh, uh, cultures that, that act that way. Completely escaping society. And there, I don't even think there's one, there might be a few documented instances where people have left tribes to come live in society. And I think at the end of the day, they end up going back to their own fucking tribe because they hate it. (laughs) We live in these fucking boxes stacked on top of each other. And we don't talk to anybody. We go to work where we're not allowed to have real fucking social interactions because everyone's afraid of being sued or hashtag me too'd. And we can't do anything that's real we can't have real relationships and society is just compounding all of this and and we're supposed to believe that 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 Porsche is going to make us happy you know that these superficial things and at, at the end of the day I can't I just think like The people who really don't think about these things and just dive into that lifestyle and get that Porsche, get that watch, at whatever cost it is, don't see their family, don't do this. When they die, they must be so unhappy. They must reflect and think, what the fuck do I really have? What the fuck did I do? I just collected shiny shit? Can I even think of one person that loves me? For me? Do I even know who my kids are? Do I even know what they want to do? Did I raise them right? You know? Do I... Do I, do I have I ever thought even about what the fuck death is? <laughs> like, have I ever philosophized about other people's problems? Or have I been consumed by this monster that is fucking consumerism you know have I been overwhelmed by this insatiable need to just acquire more shit because the ads I watch for most of my life for 7% of my time my free time are telling me to just buy 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 and forget about everything else that's worthwhile that would really make you happy I think right now people are starting to be more aware of that. But I, but I also have this opinion that it's called like like all these people that 
speak about this spirituality and talk about like yo man, fuck business man, fuck fuck the fuck the corporations and consumerism man. I don't think that they're really understanding what it is either, because all these motherfuckers buy all these fucking crystals and these stupid bullshit. <laughs> that, like just because, just because someone else is making it, that's not fucking. Uh, Google or whatever the fuck and you're buying all these stupid fucking crystals and all these dumb fucking things that you don't need and you're like no I just like them it's like no even it's it's advertisement in a different way you've been consumed by a whole different entity and and who do you fucking think makes those crystals it's usually not like the local person unless you go to your local shop you know it's usually fucking some company that dig, dug up a bunch of fucking rocks and sent them over here, and that person just bought them from a massive corporation. And you're just a second chain in their advertising revenue. Like, you're just... They don't need your money because they people buy in bulk from them and then tie little wires around the stupid crystals you buy that are, that are going to heal your chakra that some fucking African kid dug up with bloody hands. That's really going to fucking heal your spirit. You know, I think it's so, so sad. He's writing a note for me. I'm trying to read it. It's hard to read. Oh, <laughs> fucking what a terrible time to mention Patreon. <laughs> uh, if you want to feel our insatiable need for greed and wealth... Um, please donate to our Patreon page if you like what we're doing. Um, I would really like people if they like this podcast to share it. You know, I really want it. If 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 people think I have merit in what I'm saying, or they think other people need to hear these things more, and I think I think people do, and but who knows what I think? You know, I'm not one to say what other people need to do, but. Um. What's our Patreon link? Um, it's Wyariah. If you have Patreon, you could just probably look up Wyariah and find us. Uh, we can post the link to the website and also in the description of SoundCloud and iTunes. And also on our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Go follow us. So it's on all our social media, or it's going to be. And, um, I mean, what, what's the minimum they can donate? Like a dollar? I have no idea. We're brand new to Patreon, but if you want to just donate like a dollar a month, that would be dope. And then I think we're going to start, uh, we're in the process of getting a lot of new stuff for the podcast. Um, we're also thinking about opening like a, what, one of those Amazon things where you can help us buy stuff since we're just starting out. If you really enjoy what we're doing, because we're just broke college kids and, um, we could use just a little help from people who like like do it if you want to support us and you like what we're doing and you wish it was better quality yeah this is just on an iphone and we're, we don't have any plans of keeping it this way we're going to start updating the production value too we're in the process of designing exactly how we want to do that and um and i know like most recently my podcasts have been pretty dark don't worry they're gonna get lighter uh i hope Maybe not. I can't. I can't say for sure. But um, 
we have a lot of big plans for the future, and uh, we're probably going to post those plans on the Patreon page so people know where we're going. We're going to be very transparent about it. And um, I've also been thinking when we get big enough, and this is, uh, you know, one of those things where I might be speaking too soon or whatever it is, but uh, in one of the first podcasts, I think I need to restate this uh, or go back over it. I said I don't want advertisers that are not directly related to charities, and I want to find independent companies that are doing good for the world and if they want to sponsor the podcast and I would like I would love to promote them I I still and if you have an independent company or you know of one a good charity that is uh I want to say a charity <laughs> because I don't I don't want charities wasting their money to support me unless they want I I can give a few charities I guess if they're high quality a shout out uh when we get big I don't want to waste their time but um but if you know any companies that are doing good, uh making cool shit and also helping people that uh are looking for people to talk about them, definitely let us know and in the future we could probably uh figure something out. But why I brought this up is because I want to in the future, if we get big enough, when we get big enough, because I'm po- I'm a positive man. Um, I've decided that, in I might backtrack on this. I might not take these sponsorships, but if there's companies like there's specific companies that I really like, like Kawasaki, Jack Daniels, <laughs> and just for personal selfish reasons. Not because I believe they're inherently doing anything good. I don't really research what they're doing. But if I ever got sponsored by them for any purpose, like Monster Energy or anything like that, uh, I would like to give like a percentage of uh, whatever they're paying me to run their ad to charity just so I know that some of the money that they're providing me is going to a good cause. And then we'll post the charities that we're donating to uh during those times uh and how much money and and we'll be very transparent about how much ad revenue we get unless there's laws where we can't do that i don't know there might be laws where we're not allowed to talk about how much the company gives us but we'll 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 mark a percentage if that's the case and then we'll show how much we gave to the charity so that way you can deduce for yourself how much we make if you're really that interested um also if you know people that are interested in um, app development and are looking to do a little startup, uh, I think I have some good ideas to um, you know make things a little bit better in the world regarding um, how transparent charities are. Like we just found out the other day, was that charity that you liked? Oh, uh, the Humane Society. How the Humane Society isn't so humane, after all. You know, um, what, did, what was it, like, less than 1% of less the pros? went to shelters. Like, it was, like, it, oh, 0.5% most... goes to shelters, and, like, 70% goes into funds for, like, 
the head honchos. And then the thirty percent goes to just probably running the organization itself. Yeah. But when you say you're a nonprofit, and then you make only profit, and executives are making probably a hundred thousand dollars. It's kind of against what you would think. It's just, and I feel like people need an open. So we we need better information. We need reliable information. And I would love for even developing charities, they want to get on board and we can figure out how to do this. Uh, I'm not making any promises, but um, I think the idea in itself is inherently good that there's some sort of app that's super easy to use, super good user interface, works well, and provides you information with what charities are spending their money on and the charity that sign up with this app will have an obligation to show how much of their money in a dollar amount or at least a percentage in an estimated dollar amount is trackably going like verifiably going to the things that they say it's going towards with long detailed descriptions about how that money's spent when it gets there because that's a whole other issue that they don't talk about so even the one percent that goes to these places you have to trust that those places use it well right and and that's it's just it comes down to making more accountability for people using these things i think overall when we start building up better programs and the money is flowing to these places in a reliable, honest way, we're going to start seeing real change. People look at all these charities and they're like, why is nothing fucking good? It's because all these charities are stealing. <laughs> like, it's, the, it's probably like the best, uh, you know, way to steal from people. And if that app got popular, it would almost force any large charity to align with the app and change their ways. Because it would basically shame them out of, you know, their operation. I think it's super important to just have very clear money trails. And I think the same thing, a same a similar app needs to be developed for um, policies that are being created in your local state. You know, I think people need to be better informed that it's clearly written in English that in in, in in very layman's terms what this law is going to do its estimated effect on whatever thing it's affecting is going to have in a very clear cut and uh, easily digestible way that way when you go to the ballot you can you it doesn't take long to, to realize what you're voting for you already have all the information for the laws that are going to be on there. Who these people are. The real deciphered facts with no media bias. You know? Mm-hmm. I think... And I, I understand that, that that one's going to be harder than the charity one. Because trying to get funding and trying to double check everyone's research into their candidates. And just the hiring process alone... In terms of how many companies would probably try to like get someone hired for them to write false shit, but that one has its own challenges that are inherent. But I would love to see people 
who are interested in that, contact me. Um, we'll try to make some type of Facebook community or whatever it takes to get buzz out about this and then see who we can talk to to make this a reality. Um, aside from that, uh, what you know what you're donating for, for Patreon at least, uh, you're donating for, we're going to be very transparent. We're going to, um, I think in the next few days, really sit down and analyze what we need to purchase for the podcast and what our real budget will be. And we'll put the prices for all the stuff that we want to buy up. And um, we're just going to make it better production quality, easier to listen to, so it doesn't sound muffled like it's coming from an iPhone sitting on a bed. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I think one of the goals, one of the future goals we have is to get a studio or at least um, when me and Maya have our own place, have like a, a room for the podcast that's soundproof and uh, has good sound quality and we can film in and we can do Twitch in because Twitch is going to be happening soon. We're getting a camera soon, so watch out for us to be on YouTube and uh, we're going to start thinking of content to put up for our Patreon subscribers when we get some. Um, there's also... I think when we start, because we'll start podcasting on Twitch, and um, when we start filming, we can podcast on Twitch, and you can support us on there as well. And if you have Amazon, there's this nifty little thing you can do. If you know anyone with an Amazon Prime subscription, you can subscribe to us on Twitch for free. You do not have to pay for it. All you have to do is type in that subscription code. And Amazon has a partnership with Twitch where if you just know someone with Prime and you use their thing, it doesn't cost them any more money. It's just a promotion for Amazon that they're running. And as far as I know, I'll look into it more. Um, but from what I've heard, it's just a promotion they're running. And you, it doesn't charge the person with the Prime any money. It doesn't charge you any money. It just Amazon will give the content creators they will they will help fund the content that they're watching and you're at, basically Amazon is paying for you to subscribe to us because you pay for their prime membership or someone does and they're they're basically paying it forward and it's it's already you know it sounds like an amazing thing so we're going to figure that out soon um especially when we start filming we're going to it it's it's gonna be fun. We're gonna do some cool stuff. I hope, and uh, I hope we get like a really cool community growing. We're gonna start making some merch soon. Pretty too. Uh, pretty pretty soon. Pretty soon. It's gonna be pretty too. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be pretty too. Uh, we're gonna have. I think it would be cool if you guys like us enough. Uh, I'm just thinking super far in the head when we have a lot of fans. Hopefully. That will auction off the original hoodies that we're going to be using to promote and get hype up for the merch before we start having, like, when we start getting a real fan base. But they're going to be dope. We're going to have, uh, dope. you just wait and see. Um, 
we're going to be doing a lot. We have a lot of plans for the future. And our Patreon subscribers for sure will have first access to all the things that we're going to do. Um, but until, until then, I think we're about done. Uh, oh boy, that was really something, wasn't it? A lot of dark fucking shit. Um, uh, again, if you haven't heard it enough, please, this is the last time I'm mentioning the Patreon for this episode, but... I just want to say thank you for listening. Please support us on Patreon. YRI, you can find in all our links and descriptions. Please, if you really like our podcast, make it known. Subscribe and like the podcast so we know that we have fans out there. <laughs> Please um, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and give a little description. Talk about what you liked in the podcast, what you didn't like. Uh, give us some feedback. Um if you are really interested in uh, us and you consider yourself a fan, please uh, hit us up on Twitter. Um, let us know. You can send us cool stuff and maybe we'll talk about it. We want this to be a community. Um, we, want, we want it to be fun and entertaining. Uh, we love you all. and um, Thank you for listening. Until next time, saying goodbye.